The Daily Rios for April 12th, 2013. A quick feedback Friday today on the past two weeks worth of episodes. In the past two weeks, I dropped Tower Episodes 2 and 3, DC Noise Episode 2, and Unfortunate Carmine Infantino Tribute, unfortunate because we lost another legend. I took a look at the new previews, I started the Marvel Now report card, and concerning that April 1st episode, which I got a few, huh, reactions on, um, it was a mix of the old War of the Worlds radio drama with the first episode of the Justice League animated cartoon that put the JLA against White Martians and, and introduced Martian Manhunter and Wonder Woman. Uh, I merged the two because they fit so well. Uh, call it a little bit of, uh, you know, artistic license there. So, to the feedback. Uh, and I only got a few in these past two weeks, but that's cool, because I don't have much time today. JD74 on the Daily Rios thread that exists over on the comic forms. He wrote, I got about three episodes to catch up. But listening to these old episodes of DC Noise and The Tower is a lot of fun. Kind of a time warp back to what was happening back in those times. I totally agree. I, I look at some podcasts as time capsules. Uh, I think one of the fun aspects of doing issue-by-issue issue event episodes, such as back on CGS when we did Infinite Crisis or Civil War, etc., is to hear the energy of those titles and what was going on in those issues as it was happening. Not only from the hosts, but sometimes we used to throw in listener feedback. Maybe a news story was going on or an interview. We would get reactions from all over the net. You know, if you really want to know what people were talking about and what they were thinking about when Secret Invasion was going on, go find some old podca podcasts that people were doing at the time. Um, same thing with comic news or movie reviews. Certainly, taste will change. I think that's a really cool thing. You know, if I go back and listen to some of those older episodes, I'm sure I'll think differently about certain projects, uh, one way or another, positive or negative. I think it's always fun to go back. Um, so, yes, yes. Podcasts as time capsules for comic fandom. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Uh, here's a... Uh, response from Chris Beckett on the website, who I didn't get to talk to enough at Super Show, and I apologize, Chris, but it was great seeing you there. Uh, he adds a comment uh, about adding additional content into trades that didn't exist in the single format uh, in terms of comic books. And he says, I agree completely with your minor rant on adding story pages to a collection. Especially with how ubiquitous the internet is today, and has been for some time, I don't see why creators can't also put these additional pages up online somewhere for readers to download for free. For anyone who did not get the original issues, there would be little upside to downloading them, though it might, might work as a teaser for the trade. And for those who did support the floppies, it would be a nice thank you to them and engender some goodwill rather than the frustration that comes from this practice. Fanagraphics did a similar thing with their oversized hardcover Love and Rocket collections, Love and Rockets collections, put forth as a story decision. In those big hardcovers, there are a few stories not collected that can that can be found in the more recent trade collections. 
which contain everything from the original 50-issue run of Love and Rockets. The difference, from a cursory glance of the trades, seems to be as little as a handful of pages, which prompts the question of why they didn't just throw them into the hardcover. Someday, I do plan on getting the trades, it's just an easier way to read them, and we'll be able to do a more thorough comparison then, but still a bit frustrating. To that same topic, John Griggis of Donuts and Top Cow says, I agree, bonus content in trade paperback only stinks. At least let me buy new stuff digitally for a buck. So Chris says, put it up for free. John says, put it up for a buck. I actually wouldn't mind paying for some of those new pages if it was only a dollar. It's better than having to pay $20 or $15 or $24. Um, I, I just think, you know, I supported you when you needed it. You know, when you needed the sales to be there to show the uh, the, the higher-ups that, yes, it was worth being collected. Um, how about throwing me a bone? That's what I think. We continue from Nick Q, and he says, Concerning J.J. Abrams and Star Trek... I love his work, but there's a danger of Abraming popular culture. There should be room for different approaches to filmmaking. We shouldn't expect all our movies to have the Abrams formula, but that's what's going to happen because he generates revenue. But then again, we're the ones buying the tickets. That's how we vote. I agree with you. Star Wars shouldn't feel like Star Trek. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's only two properties, but you know... Who knows where else he could go if, if he's very successful with Star Trek and very he is successful with Star Trek and he's very successful with Star Wars. You know, uh, hopefully he doesn't helm everything. It's just, you know what? It's no different than my argument that I've had for years about casting the same actor or actress in similar movies. You know, look at Chris Evans as... Uh, the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four movie, and then he's Captain America. He's also in the Losers movie. He's also in um, Scott Pilgrim. He's also in the movie Push. Now, Push isn't based on a comic, at least I don't think it is, but it certainly lives in the same world. Uh, the same thing with Ryan Reynolds. You know, he's Deadpool. He's in Blade. He's in Green Lantern. He is Green Lantern. Um, I, that sort of keeping these similar actors and actresses in these same kind of movies. I just, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. So, uh, why would I like it for directors, right? So, there you go. Anyway, uh, Jamie Dunst says, I read Batman and Red Robin 19, and to me, the WTF moment has nothing to do with the gatefold cover at all. It's a pretty great issue. Also, Batgirl 19 had an amazing moment as well. The ending was very cool and does change how people will look at the character. I have to admit, I've seen online and elsewhere, I've seen people, you know, picking up these uh, gatefold WTF DC comics and, just because they're cool. I said about the Green Lantern Corps one, I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, you know, does it have to blow me away that I have to jump up out of my seat? No, I mean, you know, that's hype. Um, you know, but some of these gatefold covers, I'm like, ooh, Question is back in Phantom Stranger. All right, I'm interested. Um, so, yeah, I I like them. They're a gimmick, and they're working, uh, more or less. And if you think about it, it's been six months since the Zero issues, so DC could just be looking at it as, you know, here's a little bit of a tentpole thing, stunt, gimmick, whatever you want to call it, to keep people in the loop, and then, you know, six months from now, we'll do, I guess the rumor is they're going to do all villain issues of all these titles. Um, and of course, there's Trinity War, uh, 
uh, throughout the Justice League books, and that'll lead to whatever event they are uh, going to kick off after that. So they got to keep the juices flowing. Um, by the way, there's a Tilting at Windmills column that Brian Hibbs wrote on CBR either today or yesterday, and it's about his experience at Comics Pro, which is an organization of just comic book retailers. And at this uh, event, they get to talk to publishers, and he's in a real positive move, mood in this article. He even jokes about it and talks about how this first quarter, which usually is low for comic retailers, is higher than last year's first quarter, and how certain years are over other years, and, and that there seems to be an upswing. Um, there has been for a long time, and uh, the naysayers should go, you know, the chicken littles should stop screaming. Um, but I'll, I'll link to that article because I think it's pretty good. Uh, finally, Billy with an I, that's how she signs her name, uh, asks, more musical Mondays? I know, I know, I'm sorry. I, I fell behind on that. I do have Bye Bye Birdie in my notes to do next. I just haven't sat down to outline the episode or clip out songs or do my research. <laughs> uh, I will do another musical Monday probably probably soon, maybe not this Monday, because um, who knew that this Marvel Now report card thing would turn into such a project? Two episodes in, I probably need to do at least two more on it. So yes, Musical Monday will return uh, soon. Alright, that's it. If you want to leave me feedback, you can do so at peterthedailyreels.com or leave a comment on the website or follow me at Twitter at Peter J. Rios. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, I, apparently these Marvel Now report card episodes are getting people to listen. So I, I'm curious to hear what you guys think about what your favorite titles are or what you would rate some of these titles. Um, you know, in a real sort of analytical, objective point of view kind of way. Uh, otherwise, I will see you Monday and uh, have a good weekend. All right, bye.